and welcome to BiblioChat. I'm your host, Forrest Robot, and on this episode, I'm going to discuss an article I wrote called Depicting Nature, where I explore how artists who were de- interested in depicting nature, how they were able to do that when the cultural institutions of their time did not value nature as a subject. And this includes Claude Monet and Leonardo da Vinci, uh, two artists from two different periods who found themselves in similar situations where they're both interested in depicting their environment and nature and landscapes, but the art institutions of the time did not value nature as a legitimate subject. The only way nature could be depicted was if a human form was included. So we're going to discuss these similarities and these different contextual periods, um, specifically the Italian Renaissance and the Impressionistic period in the 19th century. So it'll be interesting to see how these two periods that are separated from by several centuries, they actually have a lot in common with each other. And we will discuss these similarities on this episode. So we're going to start with the Italian Renaissance and the Catholic Church. So this is roughly the the centuries from roughly 1400 to 1500. And what's important about this period is how expectations in subject matter are established for the next following several centuries in Western European art. So the Catholic Church is the central patron of the arts in this period. Any artist who is searching for a legitimate career, a sustainable career, has to find patronage with the Catholic Church. And there were other options also. And this includes imperial rulers, such as Francisco Sforza, who was a patron for Leonardo da Vinci. But we're going to focus on the Catholic Church on this episode. If you're a leader in the Catholic community and you are searching for someone to decorate your church or make a portrait or execute an altarpiece or any kind of painting, it has to be religious in subject matter. And so what's really happening in the Italian Renaissance where artists were, gave visual form to biblical figures, most commonly. That's why you see the repetition of the same images. The Virgin Mary, Adam and Eve. And artists just, they depict these scenes in their own unique way. And some artists are very innovative in the way that they depict them. And Leonardo da Vinci was especially innovative in the way that he executed religious scenes. And the reason why Leonardo da Vinci was innovative was because he blended his interest in nature into these religious scenes. From a very young age, Leonardo da Vinci had a special ability to draw and utilize the perspective principles that were developed during the Italian Renaissance, the principles of perspective. And the goals of perspective is to create realistic-looking three-dimensional scenes on a flat canvas. 
And so while Leonardo da Vinci could not sustain a career painting nature on its own, what he could do was depict these traditional Catholic subject matter in natural landscape scenes. And specifically, Leonardo da Vinci loved geology and rocks and the history of rock formations. It was something that was a particular interest of his. And you see this interest in two paintings, The Virgin of the Rocks and The Mona Lisa. These are two paintings where geology is a central element to the painting. So in The Virgin of the Rocks, there's four figures, with the two central figures being the Virgin Mary and Jesus Christ. And what he's able to do is you see the clear evidence of his ability to create, first of all, depth. It looks like it's almost a three-dimensional scene receding into space. And he does this through his interest in geology. And this is how he completely innovated the Virgin Mary scene. And these four figures are sitting in this mysterious cave setting, which was completely new for the time. There was no artist doing anything similar to this. And this scene is really well executed because he carefully studies geology and rock formations, and it's a particular interest of his. So it's interesting how he blends his interest in nature and rocks and the details of rock formations with expectations in subject matter. So I would like to take a quick pause there and transition to another artist who was dealing with a similar situation as Leonardo da Vinci. And that was Claude Monet. So if we fast forward about 400 years and place ourselves in France, there's a very similar situation with art and art production, uh, very similar to Italy. So in France, in the 19th century, when Claude Monet was painting, there was, um, there was an institution called l'école des beaux-arts which was a french painting school so if you're an artist in the 19th century you had to you essentially started your career in this french painting school and very famous painters of this time alexandre cabinal jacques louis david all these guys they graduated through they graduated through this school. And what's interesting about this school is that these artists were not free to depict whatever they wanted. There were certain expectations that they had to fulfill. And there's kind of, there's essentially three central themes that you would have to paint if you're an artist. And these three are essentially Greek mythology, Greek history, Christian imagery and Christian iconography and portraits. These are the three dominant expectations of subject matter that the French art school expects from their student artists. And so these artists could, you know, depict nature. They could depict uh, a natural landscape and environment, but it always had to include a human form. You couldn't just depict nature on its own just to appreciate nature. 
There had to be a reason why you were painting that scene. It's either if you're painting a religious subject or if you're painting Greek mythology, the scene can take place in the forest. But there has to be, it has to be telling a story. There has to be uh, a figure from ancient Greece and Rome in the painting. There has to be some significance to it. It can't just be nature on its own. And Claude Monet, who is alive at this time, wasn't interested in these three central subject matter expectations of Greek mythology and Christian iconography and portraits. He just wanted to depict his environment the way that he saw it. This includes the water lilies, his haystack series. This is the, his environment. This are, these are the things that he finds inspiration in. Specifically how the light reflects off the surfaces. How light appears differently in summer compared to winter, different times of the day. He painted Rouen Cathedral over 30 times, the same exact spot, because he wanted to depict it at different times of the season, different times of the day. And he can't really pursue this interest through being a student at the French painting school. So what he has to do is these Impressionists have to have their own exhibitions, and when they, started, when they started executing these paintings and showing them to the public, you can kind of guess that nobody really liked them. It was so different. The way they painted, the subject matter of their paintings, their paintings were just so different that they were immediately criticized by everybody. But that didn't bother them. Well, it did bother them. But they still continued, and they still continued to execute paintings the way they wanted to do it. The criticism from the, the academic circles never stopped them from pursuing what they wanted to pursue. And this is kind of why the Impressionists are considered the first modern artists. Because they're not fulfilling expectations in subject matter, they're pursuing their own interests in what they want to depict, which in their case was their immediate environment. And they found interest in how light reflects differently throughout the day. And they try to capture these little differences in light. So to conclude this episode, it's interesting to analyze how artists throughout time dealt with cultural institutions that policed, that controlled expectations in what art should be and what art should look like. And today we don't have those expectations. An artist can. An artist is free to pursue the way that he or she wants to depict something. There's a range of mediums. There's a range of approaches. That's why you see such a range of different types of art. But to conclude this episode in thinking about how artists deal with the contextual situation of their environment, I think it's interesting to look at the art market today. The art market would be the equivalent of what Claude Monet and Leonardo da Vinci would be dealing with. It's, it's, a, it's the art market is 
not so, I want to say an institution, but it's something that's very that affects an artist. And what makes an artist valuable today? How does an artist, how does the value of their artwork appreciate? And there's no clear, there's no clear path on how that happens. There's no formula for it. But it is kind of an interesting, it's an interesting idea. And there's some artists who are good at playing this game. They can brand themselves in a certain way that that allows them to be accepted into the art market and perceived as a valuable artist. So these are interesting uh, questions that remain open. And it'll be something artists in the future will always deal with. Are how certain institutions affect their creation process and how they deal with those issues.